Hi, Jane, you're the host of Health Hotline. I trust everybody got through Mother's Day okay, especially the mothers. Um, I will be not on the air for a few days again. I'm sorry I've been gone a couple of weeks, but um, uh, I keep saying it over and over again. It's really, 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 really busy. Part of the reason it's busy is because of the drug industry. Uh, the drug industry, of course, is still killing people by the thousands. And um, and I'm going to talk about it for just a minute here because there's so many of you who write to me and say, well, I'm going to get my drugs from Canada because they're cheaper and I found out a way to do it. And and uh, and other ones say that now the FDA has warned that drugs from Canada could be dangerous, so they're going to get their drugs from from the United States and they're going to do it right. And da, 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 da. And I wonder, all of you people who are taking drugs at all, if you've really done the research to find out where they're made. Because... Um, probably a good 85% of the drugs that we have in this country are manufactured in China and elsewhere. And over 93% of the factories that they're manufactured in have not been inspected. The drugs that are manufactured here in the United States, everybody thinks, are safe. Now, first of all, you know what I think about drugs in the first place. But um, the drugs manufactured in the United States have a, a lot of contamination with metal parts from the gears of processing machines or flecks of, of paint from factory walls that have fallen into these drugs and go into your system. If there was no other reason not to take um, drugs, not to take the, the synthetic materials that everyone is so convinced is going to make them better, think about all the junk that falls in them. <laughs> and then think about what's come out of um, countries like China lately. And um, and think about the drugs that you're taking that you were told you have to take or you're going to die. The drug industry last year, again, was the biggest lobbyist in in uh, Washington. Over $1.6 million, a 25% increase. They are the largest lobbyists in the country. That, that What that means for those who aren't, aren't too savvy about government is that they spend a lot of money convincing our representatives that what we want is more drugs. And um, and since we're not represented anywhere in Washington anymore by for our what we really want, that's what happens. And we don't have billions of dollars to spend to convince these these representatives that we elect. So that's that's what happens. They say, okay, for the people and for my bigger check when I leave here and join your company, I will make sure that I pass all these bills that allow some more drugs to come on the market. One of the biggest killers out there right now is, um, or it's not a killer yet, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you have to think about it. Um, is Gardasil. Now, the reason I bring that up is, you know, I, I have a, a, a youngster who is graduating from college this coming Saturday. I'll be up in New York. Um, she's not on Gardasil, but she's a, a, a young girl. And, of course, there's thoughts about it because all these girls are taking Gardasil. It's a vaccine, okay? A lot of Bell's palsy, a lot of seizures, blood clotting, heart problems, miscarriages, fetal abnormalities among people who, women who receive the vaccine. Um, and that's just the United States. There are a lot of places that aren't even reporting some of the things that are going on. Uh, Germany, France, Austria, places that no, normally go ahead and do what we do here. We're following the lead for Gardasil and they're killing young women. These are young girls. My daughter will be 21 in August, uh, 25th as a matter of fact. And um, and we kept her off Gardasil. The, we, she doesn't need it, okay? And there's no need to have it, although they want to push it now so that everybody has to have it. But it's, it's, it's destroying young females. Now, um, 
there are, of course, political implications about all of this stuff. Everything that's going on in our world has something political involved with it. And if you don't believe that, then you really need to get on the ball and start and start doing some reading or listening or something. Because the almighty dollar in any country is still the most important thing. And even countries that used to be more pure in their ways of thinking about things um, are now just following the, the path of the dollar or the euro or the yen. And, um, and we're seeing the long-term effects coming to fruition now with our young children, our young mothers, our young fathers, our 20 to 32-year-olds uh, who are suffering from weird diseases. And they run to a doctor and they get filled with cortisone to take care of it because it goes away for a little while and they can still look young and healthy. Um, a lot of stuff going on that, that shouldn't go on. And, uh, and nobody that we're going to elect in this country is going to change that. We tried, and I want you to know, we tried hard to get any political party or um, candidate to at least discuss, talk, answer, mention, read, listen, do anything about alternative health care when dealing with or discussing health care in America. And if you've heard anyone really talk about that, let us know, because we followed it as closely as, as, closely as possible, and nobody has. Nobody talks about alternative health care. They just talk about how to find more money to pay the health care industry, which is doing more harm than good. And that's not the answer. So um, if you're voting for anyone in, in relationship to their health care plan, then you vote for no one, because nobody has one. Well, they have is a plan on how to deal with money. It's the same as the gas tax thing. It's how much, how, 24 cents a gallon is a tax on the gasoline. So let's get rid of it for one month, and that'll spur everybody to go use more gasoline, and that'll help the economy, and that'll help drivers, and that'll help whoever. Who's going to help in the end is the oil companies. Because if you know that gas is 24 cents less today, a gallon, what are you going to do tomorrow? You're going to go out and fill up your car. And then you're going to make plans to drive before it goes up again. So you're going to fill up your car probably 12 to 15 more times this summer than you would if you knew the gas was where it is today. I've stopped driving as much. I, you know, if I don't have to take the car, I don't take the car. And if I don't have to go somewhere, I don't go. In fact, we may be canceling a class that's about eight hours away because we have to fill up a van um, with all of our materials, which probably gets maybe, once it's full and heavy that way, maybe 20 miles a gallon. And it was going to cost us $300 just to, just for the round trip for gas. And that's not the wear and tear and the time and, and all that stuff. So we may be canceling that class. It's in Vicksburg, Mississippi, for those of you who listen there. Because it's just, it's, it's, it's not economically feasible. And, of course, it's not um, environmentally sound either. So we're changing a lot of our classes and courses and not going um, as far as we were. We're trying to figure out how to get more classes here in our home, um, the home office area, than, than traveling to other places because um, it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense to do. It's not that we're poor. It's just why are we paying the gas companies and the oil companies more than what we should? And all it is is a competition, you know, between the oil companies and the pharmaceutical companies and the two highest paid industries in the world. Um, and the people who are in charge of those 
those companies have the highest paid individuals in the world. So just follow the money as usual. Check out who the richest people are and see where their investments are, where their board memberships are, and um, and you'll see where all the money's going. But stay away from the Gardasil. It's called the HPV vaccine. Um, stay away from that. It's not necessary. Uh, staying away from sex, keeping your kids started in, in the right way so that they know that sex is not a game is the better way to guard against problems with the cervix and, and uh, other things like that because, uh, you know, in the old days, and I don't even want to say how far back that was, girls were taught that they were special and that they didn't give their bodies away and sex wasn't a game and boys bent over backwards trying to get them to, but they bent over backwards because they knew that that this wasn't something that was going to be a freebie. And um, so there was a lot less sex, a lot fewer sexual diseases, um, and a lot fewer problems with childbirth and then, and then child bearing problems and, and um, childhood problems after the children are born. So maybe we ought to start at a different place and don't just avoid a vaccine but start teaching our children how to love themselves enough to see how special they are and not to be giving their bodies and their minds and their souls away for a moment of pleasure or what they thought was pleasure or for a moment of, of thinking that maybe now they'll be accepted or loved. And that's where it all comes from, the fear of rejection, the fear of, of abandonment, the fear of not being good enough, the fear of being judged for being less than, than, than what somebody thought you should be. And um, if we can change those attitudes and start changing the way we bring up our children, we won't. they won't think they need it, we won't think they need it, and certainly they don't need any of these vaccinations that are crippling them and killing them and, and hurting them. Um, that's part of Mother's Day. It's part of the Mother's Day broadcast, too. But now the kids are graduating from college, and I'm so proud of her. It was a tough haul. I mean, you know, she had to work and um, part-time and uh, travel back and forth in winter weather. I gave her my car last last June, I think it was, because it was a better car, and she and she got better mileage, and, and she was more protected in that car. And I flew home and, and um, was perfectly willing to live without a car. But my friends bought me one. But anyway, um, she had to do all that and, and try to get through school, and she did fine. She did well. She ended up with a 3.8 or something like that. But she has to wait now another semester. She's going to go to grad school because you have to have a 4.0 to be a dentist. Now, isn't that interesting? Now, I talk about teeth all the time and how important they are to your health. If you have a tooth problem, you will have a problem in the rest of your body. But uh, but dental schools are becoming so competitive because everybody believes you can make a lot of bucks being a dentist, mostly with cosmetic dentistry. My little kid wants to be a pediatric dentist because she knows that's where the problems start and she wants to be able to stop the problems. But she knew organic chemistry was tough, so she got a B, and that's on a 4.0 average. And um, so she has to wait and, and do what she needs to do. But... My point is, all of these dental and medical schools are now looking for 4.0 students, or plus 4.0, which is even weirder. Um, but if you look at the students, all they are is bookworms. They know everything that's in the books, and they know how to answer the questions, and they know how to get the A's. But if you talk to them, if you ask them about life, about people's teeth, about how you would treat somebody or, or ask the questions or... What would you do with someone who was um, physically and emotionally abused who also had teeth problems? How would you treat them? They come back with the book answer. Well, you make them open their mouth and you do this and you do this and you do this. Well, what about the emotional? What about the mental? What about the spiritual? What about the etheric, the ethereal? 
What about the past? What about the history? What about all of the scar tissue that's embedded in every tissue in our bodies and especially in each one of the gum areas of the teeth because we chew on things constantly. We chew on um, information that's given to us. We chew on uh, things that make us angry, that make us feel rejected. You'll see us grit our teeth. You'll see people bite their tongues. We do a lot with our mouths, and, they, and our teeth and our gums hold all that energy and all that information forever. So there are a lot of parts of a dentist that should um, be brought out, that, that compassion, um, some form of alternative medicine knowledge so that they know that there are there is a mind, body, and spirit connected to those white things that need to be perfectly white and straight in your mouth. Um, they should be a full-rounded person, and that's that's really what my kid is. And she's she's um, extremely compassionate. She understands the world in a whole different way than than most twenty-year-olds that I've met. And um, everybody thinks she's about thirty-nine. And uh, <clears throat> but because she doesn't have a four-year-old, she can't go to dental school yet. Um, I don't know how we're going to change that. We're going to try to do a whole bunch of things. Um, but the point is, is that, is that, once again, the Western medical profession and dental profession is doing its thing. If you can pass all the book stuff or you've learned how to use um, text, mes text messaging to know what the answers are and not get caught, then you can go work on people's teeth, which may control their, the life and death of that individual. But... If you also work for a living and because you you need to pay some extra bills or part of the tuition um, and you learn how to deal with people and interact with with um, with society and humanity and you learn from your heart that there are different ways of approaching people um, so that maybe that organic chemistry test, that one that you took, you didn't get 100, you got a 94, then you're not allowed to go work on anyone. The elitist society continues, and they are elite only in one way. They, aren't, they don't have special knowledge. They just have a special way of learning how to take the test. And how sad that is for all of us. Uh, that's who people have to go to. That's who I had to go to. I, I, I started out with normal dentists and then got totally butchered by a military dentist, but that's a whole other story. And, and they destroyed a lot of things when they when they did what they did. But um, And I'll suffer with some of that most of my life. I use a lot of thieves oil and thieves mouthwash from Young Living. Um, which kills molds and viruses and bacteria and funguses anywhere in your mouth that can go anywhere else in your body. You should think about using those if you have tooth problems. If you do have crowns or, or um, bridges and <coughs> caps and you think that your teeth are perfect and you're still being sick somewhere, that you have sinus infections or earaches or swollen glands or whatever, think again, you're probably, um, you have a standing systemic infection coming from your teeth and, and underneath those capture crowns there's a cracked tooth or something that's going on that you need to get checked because it will hurt you. It definitely will come up again and it doesn't go away very quickly. <clears throat> so that's Gardasil, that's teeth, and that's graduation. We're already on this planet to graduate to something new and that's why everybody in America is putting their hope into something new. Um, it's a big mistake, it's a joke, but on that basis, though, we understand that the reason we're looking for it is because everyone's so frustrated and tired and depressed, and and uh, they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. They don't see true change in anything. Everybody's lying. Nobody's doing their jobs. Everybody's stealing. Everybody's trying to make more money, and, they, and, and betting on the dollar over a person. Um, 
And that's a big lesson for America. And I don't know exactly how it's going to pan out, but I know that it's spread. That this that disease has spread across the world, and there are many, many countries who are doing the same thing. And and what the universe and the Earth um, are doing is trying to change all that. So you're going to see massive weather patterns that are different than they've ever been. You're going to see and hear about earthquakes. You're going to see um, tsunami-type waves. You're going to see little mini hurricanes inside of countries, and they're not going to be called that. They're going to be called upper-level lows. Well, those upper-level lows, if you truly look at them on a map and you understand how weather works, you'll see that it, what hit, for instance, in the Midwest the United States a few days ago over Missouri and Kansas and, and other states where, where quite a few people were killed, it was not severe thunderstorms. <clears throat> they were severe thunderstorms on the outer band of an upper-level low that was spinning at a rate comparable to a hurricane, but because it didn't come in from the ocean and meteorologists didn't have time to warn anyone that there was an, a land hurricane going on, it's not called that. So nobody takes cover, nobody thinks about the consequences, nobody, you know, tries to protect themselves because now we're getting so complacent and reliant and dependent on emergency sirens or weather forecasts that tell us what's coming that we don't pay attention to what the birds are doing, what the animals are doing, how that how the air feels, how the winds are changing. We don't pay attention to anything in nature because we have our electronic devices to warn us. Um, but that's that's another lesson because as things continue to change up to the year 2012, those electronic devices won't work the same way and they won't work on time. There'll be glitches, there'll be emptiness, and nobody will know why they weren't warned or they didn't get a message or the phone call didn't go through or their phone call was dropped or their DSL line didn't work or their computer suddenly went to garbage. They must have a virus. Interesting that we even call it a virus and we're looking for the quick cure. But um, but watch around you. Watch all the signs, like I've told you before. Um, that big earthquake they had in China today, 7.9, in the center, the epicenter being within a population of 112,000. There are thousands that have been killed. The um, the uh, the repressive government that has now killed more than 30,000 people because they won't allow aid in. There are bodies floating around in drinking water. Um, we are approaching hurricane season in the United States. We've already had this throughout the Midwest of Tornado Alley, and uh, and it's and it's going to come. I mean, it's coming. A lot of these things are coming. A lot of disease is coming because because we've created it. And and what goes around comes around. Yin and yang. What you know, what goes up must come down. Black and white. All of those opposites. All those things that must reflect. And we are seeing a reflection of several and many years and decades of uh, our creativity. We have created what is going to happen next. And, um, and a lot of it's not pretty. So what do you do? Get depressed. No. What you do is uh, start listening to these things more often. Listen to all the ones that are on the list. Go buy the books. You can just click on Amazon and go buy the books. Um, get a water system. Learn what water systems are about so that if there are dead bodies floating around in your drinking water, drinking water next month, you have a system that will still provide you with drinking water for another 10 or 12 days while government agencies and, and so-called do-gooders fix it and, and get it back in working order. Um, if you are buying all your vegetables and fruits from China and Ecuador and or you don't know how to find out if you are, find out if you are, number one. And if you can't find any vegetables that aren't grown there, we put in two flower boxes. It didn't cost a lot of money. They're about three feet high. They have good um, mulched and recycled soils in them that weren't um, chemicals at all. 
and we're growing vegetables like crazy. So see the snap peas, they're about 12 feet high, and there's a million of them on there um, every day. So we can eat our own vegetables until somebody, uh, the farmers can, can get together and say we're not going to import any more vegetables from China. There's a word out today that if we stopped um, eating the vegetables from China and stopped using things that are made in China, as long as China decides that they're going to um, use toxic materials and do this weird stuff, if we stop doing that just for one month, it would um, hit their economy tremendously, and they may turn around and start thinking twice about what they're doing. They'd lose one-twelfth of their income, of course, but one-twelfth of their income is billions of dollars. So we can stop doing that. So you can think about your food and your nutrition and your water. Those are the basics. The air that you breathe is another thing. Um, a lot of toxic air in Kansas where that tornado hit an old mining town because it stirred up all the junk that's in the earth. So what do you think the earth is trying to do? It's trying to cleanse itself. So now it's throwing all this stuff up in the air and everybody east and northeast of, of that area in Kansas is sucking all that stuff into their bodies. Unless you take the time to make sure that you have some kind of air filtration system, not one from Sharper Image, but a good air filtration system where you can at least sleep in good air and revitalize your body to be able to deal with the toxic environment you have to walk around in. Uh, and it come, then we come back down to your spine, okay, spinal alignment. People are, are using memory foam pillows and uh, and staying in one position all night long or they're not or they're laying down in these lounge chairs in front of televisions and wrecking their lower backs and their necks and their C-curves um, so that they can be comfortable while they're watching their favorite programs. But when you're doing that and you're wrecking the alignment of your spine, you're unplugging the electrical system that makes everything in your body work. So you really need to be supported when you're watching television. I mean, even as a child, I was three, three or four years old. We had little rock, wooden rocking chairs that had little bears on the back. And uh, I remember them very clearly. And we didn't watch much television, but we watched things like Howdy Doody and Superman or something like that. And Ed Sullivan with my grandmother on Sunday nights. And we had to sit in our rocking chairs, which were very supported and supportive um, wooden-backed chairs so that we couldn't slump, we couldn't lay sideways and wrap our legs underneath ourselves and pile up a bunch of pillows and cock our heads and strain our necks to make sure that we watch television. Um, watch the way kids watch TV today or watch how they play on computers, you know, turtlenecking, pushing their heads forward so that they're straightening out that C-curve in their neck, which is going to affect their thyroids. Watch how they're um, uh, using their iPods and and uh, text messaging in the corners and, and using their Blackberries and all those technological devices that we now have, watch the way they're sitting and lying and, and not aligning their bodies at all um, because it's going to impact them. When they're 12 years old, it will impact them as they go through puberty um, because all of the areas of the spine that, that affect those organs and those systems that affect puberty are going to be out of alignment. And as they get older, um, they'll have heart problems and digestive problems. And then as they get older than that, they'll have the, the thyroid medications and the heart medications and the lung problems because those four organs have just been unplugged for so long they can't exist anymore without help. Um, but that's what's going on. And, and we don't change. We don't look. We don't take a look around. And as soon as we start feeling better, some of us do change. Some people do. And they start doing everything they're supposed to do for about three weeks. <clears throat> that's about the average. And then once that three weeks is over and they feel a little better, they stop because now they forgot what it felt like to be sick. And six weeks later, they're sick again. And they got to start all over again. And now they're mad because 
they got sick again, so they're frustrated. And uh, they're frustrated with medicines, but they go and take twice as many, thinking that maybe if they catch it real quick now and they take twice as many, they can get fast, uh, better twice as fast. Um, that's not going to work. You have to be consistent. You have to have uh, a vision of what your life should be, and you need to stick to a pattern, to a, to a plan. And that plan of action is yours and yours alone. You can't share it with your friends. You can't say, well, I'm doing this and that and the other, so you should too. Because that makes you a doctor or a person practicing medicine without a license, but it also makes kind of a fool out of you because you have no idea what's going on with their body and you just told them how to fix your body, not theirs. Um, so don't do that either. They need some uh, professional and expert kind of help. But those those several things we all need to do so that we can graduate to the next level of being the adults that we need to be to help this planet survive the next cycle of evolution, which it is going through, and we're watching, and we're seeing, and we're experiencing. Without us being strong enough to do that, without us being centered enough to pick up the messages that we need to pick up and hear them, without us being in tune enough with nature to watch what's going on, we will not survive. We will perish. And those who are around us, who are depending on us and relying on us, relying on our strength or, or believing that we're going to be there for them, will be very disappointed or will not um, live either because we're not around. So all of you caregivers out there who care enough to listen to this podcast, you need to start taking care of you. And um, it's not a selfish thing. It's for everybody else that you're doing this. You're doing it because people are going to need you. And... Um, they're going to need your strength and everything you can give them. So hop on it and get to it and graduate to the next level. We have been in, some of these, some of us have been in these classes way too long. We keep getting tested. We flunk the test. We go back and we start all over again. So let's all graduate with all these kids that are graduating from, from the colleges and the high schools around the country today and next week. Congratulations to my little girl. Make sure you give her good prayers and good hugs in your, in your dream. She, she did a lot of hard work and she's got more ahead of her. Okay, thanks for listening. Um, please get the books. Pass this podcast on. Listen to it. Listen to it again and again if if you need to. And uh, go to earthwalk-usa.com. Read through what's going on with the websites. Send people to the classes if you know of anybody who's told you ever that they were interested. Find the classes and, and find out where they are and send them. And... Uh, until then, I'm going to be traveling up to Buffalo. Lori's going to be up in New York City. Her son is, is graduating from uh, graduate school from NYU on Thursday. So we have a lot of graduations going on. But we'll be out of town and uh, and then back maybe up in Mississippi at the end of the month. But I will try to get back by next week, um, probably Wednesday or Thursday. Until then, keep listening. And thank you very much. This is Raina G with the Holistic Health Hotline.